I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, January 24, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY and we're sitting on 263. It's pretty amazing how the market continues to center around 263. We'll talk more about that. I've adjusted some of the lines, some of the trend lines on the screen. We'll talk about that as well. And we'll also talk about the potential up or the downside as we move along. The market's starting to form itself. It's winding up again. And we're going to unpack this. And I think I've got a beat on what's going on. So before we get rolling, let me thank everybody for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video. Please continue to do so. I love the interaction. I love the banter back and forth. Also, please hit the thumbs up button on the video and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Now, what I find interesting, which is generally a lot different than most everybody finds interesting, but what I find interesting, if you just looked at the market from the outside looking in, you would say, hey, the Dow is down 22 points, the S&P was up three and a half, nothing happened today. And the reality is, is in large part, that person would be right from a major indice perspective, not a lot happened, nothing went on. It was what we also call an inside day, meaning the high and low from today were inside of the highs and lows from yesterday. Hence the term inside day. Does it mean anything in and of itself? No, it doesn't. But however, the market is winding up. So I mentioned that before. Let's discuss that. We're looking at the daily chart and you can see from the top that we made last Friday, we've basically on very light volume been drifting lower. That's it. So it's basically eating time off the clock. What does that tell us under normal conditions? What does that tell us the likely story is for the market? The likely story is the market is consolidating. It's eating time off the clock. It's winding up to make another push higher. That's what the market is telling us. Is that a guarantee that it's going to happen? No, of course not. But that's what it's telling us it's doing. Now, here's the trick. Is it going higher tomorrow or is it going higher next Tuesday? That's the challenge. So here's my approach. Now you go a little bit inside to my mind. Not too far. I'm not taking you too deep just yet. I'm going to say right now we're kind of in the middle of a range. 263 happens to be in the middle of what I'll call a short-term range. So I can't buy the middle and I can't sell the middle because we're in the middle. You want to play the high percentage trades where you're closer to risk and you know where you're wrong. So that if you have to lose, it's small and fast. If I'm going to lose from the middle of a range, I'm not necessarily going to lose small and fast. More likely going to get whipped around as the market trades in and around this range. And guess what? We're going to peel that one back a little bit. And I'll take you just one step deeper into my mind. But I'm also going to take you one step deeper into the charts. Because I want to show you the range. And I want to show you what it looks like from different perspectives. Depending on which perspective you look at it from, it could be the difference between making money and losing money, and that'll become apparent when I show it to you. So for now, let's just say that the bottom end of the range is somewhere in the neighborhood of 260, 261, just for argument's sake, for the purposes of this conversation. 
I'm going to peel that one back a little farther in a moment. And the top end of the range is really the high from last Friday. So if you just take that into consideration, we're in the middle, which happens to be what? 263. Is that an accident or a coincidence? Is it irony? Is it funny? No, none of those things. Not if you live in my house. It's not smack in the middle of that range, but it's pretty darn close. And it's a little bit spooky that we've been talking about 263 before we got there. And we're still talking about 263. And there's a very good reason why the market is at an inflection point. 263 is a pivot. The market's going to trade away from 263. The question is, is it going to trade downward? Is it going to pop higher? One of those two things is coming sooner than later. And actually, it could be both. And I'll explain that one as well. Let's focus in now on the hourly chart. So we have to just change our visual input, if you will. And the first thing that my eye gets drawn to is a really a bearish pattern. That's the first thing I see. It's somewhat of a flag pattern, but it's not really a flag pattern, but it's close. So it's a bearish pattern any way you want to look at it. We're centered around 263. That's what I see on the hourly chart. Now, I started talking about the bottom end of the range. Maybe it's 261, maybe it's 260, but you can see where we started to find some support right around this last consolidation area. That's where we found support really the last couple of days. I've identified 260 as probably the better extreme outside edge of that, if you will, but we haven't even got there yet. And what have I said? If we can't get down toward that even 257, 256, 258 area, we haven't even come anywhere near that. That's bullish for markets. So the fact that we haven't even come down to 260 at all, which corresponds with the big fat round number of 2600 in the S&P 500, that's one of the reasons that's important. As crazy as that sounds to Someone that may be here for the first time and knows nothing about numbers and the fact that the market is all about numbers. That might sound like the craziest, stupidest thing, but we all know that it's not. So 260 is important. Again, either side of that, 260 and a quarter, 260, 30, 259.70. This is a guideline. 260 is a big, fat, round number. The market is unlikely to stop right on those numbers each and every time. All right, back to the hourly chart. So we're making a bearish pattern, but we're above 263. We're above the moving averages. From a longer-term perspective, we're still in an uptrend, but we had that quandary. If you remember from last night's video, we looked at some intermediate-term charts. Let's go back there. Here we have a half-a-day chart, basically. It's a 240-minute chart, four-hour chart, call it whatever you want. We can certainly see a bearish pattern, but when you really take the curtain back farther and you think of it in terms of the daily chart, what's the daily chart really doing? It's just consolidating, eating time off the clock, building energy to make another run higher. So is this bearish pattern going to play out? Maybe it does. Maybe the market comes down to 260 or 261, and this bearish pattern that you see on the chart from a symmetrical standpoint plays out. But at this stage, until and unless we get below 260 and begin closing significantly below 260 first hourly and then certainly daily, I'm not looking for lower prices right now. I'm looking for higher prices. That's what the market is telling us right now. What happens after those higher prices is a different story. But today, 
The market is telling me the bigger picture, the daily chart is telling me higher prices. And it's not just looking at the chart, it's all the other inputs that I take into consideration. We've had light volume as we've began to trickle down. We didn't have a hard turn after Friday's spike. We had basically one down day and a trickle. The market had every opportunity to have two, three, four down days, whatever it wanted. Well, it couldn't have four because we started on Tuesday. Now here, we always look at both sides of the market. So there is a camp that said, that's bad news. That's a trend line. It's a little steep, but it's a trend line. And we rode that trend line and then the market got below it. Now we're going sideways. So what happens next? So there is that camp. That's the bear camp. The bull camp is the market has a different destination than we've already seen in mind. It's likely somewhere in the vicinity of this downsloping trend line, maybe slightly higher, maybe as high as 271, 271.50. That's why this red trend line exists on the screen. There's also some moving averages above there. So there's a ton of overhead resistance up here, but maybe the market has that destination in mind before it has more of a sell-off from the major low that was already put in at the end of December. We'll see, but that's the bull camp for today. Here's another input, the IWM. We talk about the IWM every day, so you all know that it's my favorite market-leading indicator in either direction. So the IWM, we hit the 147.50, and we had somewhat of a decline off that, but really shallow, just like the S&P 500. So to me, that's bullish behavior. Market had every opportunity to drop farther and faster. Not saying it won't, it just already had an opportunity. So to me, the input there is somewhat bullish behavior. So I think it has a different destination in mind. Well, when you look at the IWM, you see what I see. You see the 100 period moving average sloping down. You also see that it happens to coincide with, at least in the vicinity of, this breakdown candle high. Look at that. Wouldn't that be picture perfect in the next week or so if we ended up up in that general zone right around 152, 151, 153, up in that zone of that breakdown candle high? Wouldn't that be convenient? Nobody would expect it except you. Since it's my favorite market leading indicator, was it leading today? And the answer is yes, it was. So the S&P was basically flat, but the IWM was up one half of 1%. It's certainly not a bearish reading, so that's an input. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. How about my second favorite market leading indicator, the transports? So the transports were up over 1% today. My two favorite market leading indicators are up. We have relatively light volume across the board. We had no hard sell other than one day from an important high that was made on Friday in the middle of an important time zone, and the market really hasn't sold off very much, and the transports and the IWM are up, all the other things we discussed. There are more puzzle pieces on the bullish side of the ledger than there are on the bearish side. We'll see. We could have one more dip lower out of that 240-minute chart, that bearish pattern. But it wouldn't be a big one, and it could be a launch pad for higher prices, or we may never go down, and we could see the market push higher. I think it's important as long as we continue to stay above 263. I've been saying that for quite some time. It seems to be an important number. I'm going to go with it's an important number. 
Here are the cues. Now, the cues are showing a close of 163.20. After hours, they're trading lower. Intel reported they're trading lower. So the cues are getting dragged down in the aftermarket trading. But nevertheless, it's really the same story. All the markets are going to end up trading together. If we get a surge higher in the S&P 500, you're at the same time going to see a surge higher in the NASDAQ and the Dow and across the board. That's just the way the market works. That's not a secret. They don't all go up and down to the same magnitude, but they're all going to go up together. They're all going to go down together. doesn't really matter which one you own. It's almost like a crapshoot, which one goes up more or which one goes down more in any given day. You know, I can make a case from a very short-term perspective. There's a little bit of a bearish pattern going on here, and it's a little too early to tell. But guess what? That coincides with the bearish pattern on the S&P 500 240-minute chart and some other charts as well, obviously. We just picked that one out tonight. And then from a longer-term perspective, you're above the moving averages. So the daily chart, there's nothing wrong. There's no reason this is going to fall apart. It's just taking a rest, eating some time off the clock, and there's no reason that the uptrend has to be broken until it is. I say this time and time again, markets can go up and down a lot more than most people think they can. That's always been the case. Markets always climb the wall of worry. We'll worry at the critical technical areas. I'm not so worried in between. And really, I'm not worried either way. Over in the financial department, anything going on? There's nothing going on. It was a flat day. You can see what's going on here. It's just eating time off the clock above the 50 and the 20 period moving average sandwiched underneath the 100 period moving average. What's likely going on here? It's likely eating time off the clock to build energy to surge right up to the high of the breakdown candle. Where's that high? Well, that high happens to be, well, the high is 2701. So we'll just use 27 as a bogey. It looks like it wants to get up to 27. There's a 200 period moving average up there. I mean, it looks like that's what's going on. If the bull case takes over and markets do push higher, it's likely you're going to see the XLF up in at least 26.5 to 27 area. Here's your outlier today, up over 4% the SMH. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, this is the exchange-traded fund that tracks it. Just an unbelievable move, a chip shot away from the 100-period moving average. That's not all. It likely has a different destination in mind. This is up on volume, not at a high on a chart. So there's likely buyers in here expecting higher prices. I'm not reading this as institutional distribution. I'm reading this as some accumulation. I could be wrong, but I'm not going to be wrong until and unless they close on the daily chart below 92. 92.13 to be exact. Until and unless that happens... There's higher prices likely in the SMH coming. Everybody will have the target of a $100 price tag, which is the 200-period moving average. But first, they'll come up short. They'll stop at the gap at around 98.5, right in this general zone here. And then they'll either continue on or they'll fake everybody out and pull back first. How about inside the numbers? How's that doing lately? Well, let's take a look. You can read the midday update on your own. Basically, we're just saying the same thing that I already told you guys tonight, which is markets basically winding up for some kind of larger move. That's what it looks like to me. And in the morning, nothing really changed. We keep talking about the same 263 area. 
whether it's 26, 35, 32, it's 263 on the spider. That's the area that seems to be as important as can be. So you keep using it while it works. That's the way the market works. We stayed in a tight range today, so nothing happened with the indices, but the morning gap trades, we had one. We'll take a look at the chart in a moment, but MKC was triggered and TXT was not, so that's off the books. If it doesn't hit our price tag, we don't want it. Stocks on the move. Three stocks hit our entry targets. Goose, CTL, and Citrix CTXS. We'll take a look at those. And the ones that don't hit the targets, well, they're off the board. And then we had the indices, and you can see where the numbers are. You can take a snapshot, and you'll see that the numbers still work. The numbers that are important are the numbers that are important. I'm not making them up. The market tells us what numbers are important. I'm taking that information. I'm translating it onto a web page. The first one we looked at was the gap trade. That was McCormick. I think they make the spices and stuff. I don't really care what they do. I don't even care what the name is on the chart. We can see where the stock closed yesterday, all the way up about $139, and the stock was getting absolutely shellacked at the open. 119.80, this was on the page before the opening bell. The next number down was about 115 and a half or so, and you can see what happened. The stock came down, made a low slightly lower than 119.80, but not much. Well, the low was 119 even, and then it had a rocket ride higher, and just minutes later, we're up at a high of 100 and a quarter, 125.75. Not many people out there playing numbers games like this. Another one on the list that was triggered was Goose. The first level really didn't work, and that's the reality. I mean, it gave you a trade, but here's the trade. Here's a high in this candle of 46.52, so if you want to call 30 cents a trade, I'm not calling this a trade. So the first level really didn't work, but the second level worked, and that's okay. That happens sometimes. We don't win every trade. Nobody wins every trade. But there's not that much spread here between the first and the second level. I think it was less than $1.50. And as long as they're still doing the same math in school, it's about $1.42. So the levels are relatively close together. So it's not a, I got killed on this trade, even if you took the first level. But we know what the story is. When they're close together... I recommend, and it says it on the webpage inside the numbers, I recommend we take a partial position at a first level and then we can add a second position on if we continue lower. In this case, that would have been added right around the 44.77. You have an average halfway home and then you're trading out of it at that point. And even at that, you would have still made money. CTL, here's another one. I mean, the stock closes yesterday. The close is 15.23. The stock is getting creamed at the open, and it's all relative, right? This is a low-priced stock, so it's a $14 stock. So it's a big move for this stock, and we pick off the bottom by a few pennies. Minutes later, the stock is rallying already, up to like $14.75. In percentage terms, that's a big deal. Yeah, I'm not buying 500 shares of a $14 stock. So that was a big, quick move, also known as a gift. You take those gifts and you say, thank you very much. And I say, thank you very much. Don't ask questions. And here's the other one that triggered. I mean, I didn't get this one, but some traders did. And it was just ridiculous. So $100.25 was the number. The stock closed yesterday all the way up here at $108, $109, $108.5, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, 
the stock's back at 103 and a half in minutes. I mean, it was a little bit, or maybe a lot like a rodeo ride. But here's what I want to point out. The numbers. This is stuff that is out of the course at LazyEminiTrader.com. Believe it or not. So I guess if we had to net it up today, because we had two entries on the one trade, we would say there were five total trades. I would have to say there was one loser and four winners. I'm sure there's somebody out there keeping track of this stuff. Getting back in our lane, looking over at the gold market. So gold is making a bearish pattern and it is slipping a little bit lower. So I would like to see if gold would come down to that 1270 area and then see what it does, maybe even 1260. But 1270 would start to look interesting. I've got my eye now on gold. I'm starting to get interested. It's peaking my interest. I'm watching it. Crude oil is still bullish. So it's just going sideways. It's eating time off the clock. What does that tell you? It tells you it wants to go higher. Where's it going? Go look on the list inside the numbers and see where the crude oil resistance, the top resistance area is, and that'll tell you where I think it's going. At least if it starts to push higher, we'll see. Anyway, with that, I'm going to give it a wrap. So I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.